This is episode 72 of The Popcast. Welcome to The Popcast, a weekly podcast all about pop culture in three regular segments. We're your hosts, Josh and Maureen Goldman. Maureen, we have a very special episode of the podcast this week, and you know why, but our listeners may not because I just teased it at the end of our last episode. But this week, we are welcoming back two guests to the podcast. They remain the humble but talented founders of the Vernacular Podcast Network, the hosts of the flagship podcast Vernacular, and just two all-around great people, Zach and Sally Crippen, the power couple, power duo. Zach and Sally, <laughs> welcome back. How are you? That was quite the intro, Josh. Wow. Completely wow. untrue. Wow. I, I am neither humble nor talented. So You want to know what's <laughs> funny is that I listened back to what I said last year, and you guys said the intro was really good then, so I really wanted to up, up your game. I think <laughs> you, you did, did it, honey. That was, Thank you. Yeah, I don't think you can top that next well, year. Well, I look forward to next year, whatever, whatever that brings. <laughs> Oh, I already have an idea, and and uh, oh, I, I will wait. share it with you guys after the podcast oh, good. is over, so we don't we don't get our listeners' uh, hopes too high too okay. soon. Good, good. But but this week we do have a very fun episode. So last year, you guys might remember Zach and Sally joined Maureen and I to rank Christmas movies from worst to best. I think we ranked eleven movies, if I if I remember correctly. I'm not going to give away the ending in case you haven't listened to it or you're a new listener. It was good and controversial. It was controversial. I know. But if you want to listen back, that was episode 26 of the Popcast. It's a great Christmas season uh, podcast to listen to. So go back and listen to that. I think you'll enjoy that if you haven't heard it already. Or hey, just listen to it again. That would be fine with me. Yeah, for sure. You can also uh, find out in listening to that whether or not You've Got Mail is a Christmas movie. <laughs> yes, that, that is very <laughs> oh true. Oh my goodness. So I just also wanted to say before we get into this week's podcast that Zach and Sally had a great episode recently on Vernacular talking all about how to be more fully prepared for the Christmas season. And so I highly recommend that. Just go to the Vernacular podcast feed. I think it was their most recent episode. Is that right? Yeah, last week, right before Thanksgiving. Yes. So especially if the constant shopping and bright lights and nonstop ads, which are unavoidable if you go out into the world if they have you if, if those things have you feeling down which really this you know the season of preparation really shouldn't it should be looking forward to something exciting I, w- I would highly recommend listening to that so that was a very nice job on that episode well thank, thank you. you so like i said zach and sally were with us last year to rank christmas movies from worst to first and for this podcast uh, we are forgoing the snack bag and jumping straight into the premiere topic because we are doing a bracket-style tournament to determine the best Christmas song out there. 16 songs will enter, and one will emerge as our champion. So here's how this all will work. I've taken 16 Christmas songs with input from Zach, Sally, and Maureen, and I've broken them into four regions. So just like March Madness or the NCAA tournament, that's how I've sort of separated it out. We've got the religious slash sacred region, we have the classics region, we have the animated classics region, and we have the modern region. Each region has four songs seated from one to four, and we'll take each matchup one at a time and then advance one song until we are left with just two battling it out for the title of best Christmas song ever. Guys, are you hyped for this? Oh, I'm so hyped. I'm so excited. I'm looking at your bracket right now, and... I am just going to out myself and say that I needed Zach's help in reading this bracket because I have looked at a bracket maybe <laughs> once in my life. So it shows how much of a sports fan I am. But I'm very excited about this. On the other hand, I am disappointed that we're not actually expanding to a field of 64 with with two play-in games. <laughs> it would have been a two-hour two episode. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so we, we, we all do have kids and uh, and you guys have more than Maureen and I. So, you know, it's uh, it, I think I think 16 is reasonable. Yes. No, I'm glad that you, you limited yourself here. Now, that being said, there are something like I think I looked this up and uh, scientifically, there's something like a bajillion Christmas songs out there. Yeah, I believe that is the correct number. Yeah, different <laughs> versions of each of those songs. So there, there's so many songs out there. So our list of 16 doesn't encompass everything. I just want to put that out there up front. We know that someone's favorite Christmas song, including mine, by the way, did not make the list. My Which favorite one is yours. My favorite is The Little Drummer Boy, which I don't <laughs> oh, even think Maureen. You know, I thought you didn't like it, Maureen. No, I like it. Okay. Josh, that's something you have I in like common with Dwight Schrute and Angela I know, I was from say, The Office. That, that song has been ruined for me forever after they sang <laughs> that as a duet. Yeah, so I really like the song, but mainly because I like two of the newer versions that have come out. Uh, one by Pentatonix, which is an acapella group. It's a good one. And another by Josh Groban. Ooh. He also has a, a good one because he has a guitarist named Andy McKee who plays a really interesting style of guitar who plays on that song. And so I, I've liked that song ever since I heard those versions. So it, it did not make the list. So I want you all to know out there, this tournament is not rigged. We did not just put our favorite Christmas songs in and leave everybody else's out. So this is going to be a fair tournament, as far as I can tell. Maureen, you're looking at me like it's not going to be fair. <laughs> no, it's going to be fair, especially because, you guys, poor Josh is not even voting. He is taking himself out of it, and he is going to be the objective host. So he'll keep us all honest. Yes. Yeah, so because there are an even number of people participating on this podcast, there are four of us, I didn't want there to be any split voting. So... I will not vote. I will host the tournament here. Maureen, Zach, and Sally will will each give their vote, and the majority will win. We might have some three zeros here, but I, I anticipate we're going to have some two-to-one winners here. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to evaluate the songs in a matchup based on the overall song and not specifically a version of that song, though that being said, some of them have a most popular version that most people will gravitate towards when they think about that song. Are you guys ready to start? Zach, Sally, you ready? Oh, so ready. I was born ready. Maureen, are you ready? Yes. Okay, so let's start in the religious region. And so these are songs that have a religious background or, uh, you know, originated in a church setting. And so we'll just go with our first matchup here. We'll work our way through this region until we get to a region winner. And then we'll save that one for a final four matchup when we get there. So let's start with our first matchup here. It is between the number one seed in this region, Silent Night, and the number four seed in this region, Oh Holy Night, the Battle of the Knights. I didn't even realize that. (laughs) So just a little background on each song that I pulled. Silent Night was written in 1818 by Franz Zaver Gruber. I completely butchered his German name. I'm sorry. With lyrics by a Catholic priest named Father Joseph Moore. Silent Night. Holy night, all is calm, all is bright. O Holy Night was composed by Adolf Adam in 1847 using a poem called Midnight Christians, written by Placide Capot. Stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error. 
to you first. Do you have, let's talk this through. Pros and cons of Silent Night, pros and cons of Oh Holy Night. So I love both of the nights. So this is going to be a hard one for me. Um, I I think that Silent Night is a little bit more accessible. So I have a lot of memories of my dad singing this song growing up. And my dad doesn't sing a ton of songs. Like he would sing this one even in the summer. Like this is his like jam of like he can sing this song. Aww. And it was it was really sweet. Um, well, it's, it's not a summer song. So I, I know. Okay. I'm just saying that it's one that like kind of everyone knows and can hum. Whereas Oh Holy Night to me is more of one of those songs where if you've got a beautiful singer who could just like – rock this song like i mean it can move you to tears or if so, you have someone who's not a great singer and then it could it ruin it terrible yes, yes oh agreed. interesting interesting counterpoint zach do you have anything to add to this no i think that's exactly right though uh oh holy night to me is much more technically impressive when sung well silent night can be sung by pretty much anyone by pretty much anyone it's great for a congregational setting so like marina saying it is accessible but interesting. But I don't go for accessible. Oh, I go for art. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I go for art. I'm gonna. It I'm gonna sounds... go. Oh, holy night! Here is it too early to vote? Because I. No, no, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. So I'm... Zach goes. Oh, holy night! Sally, do you have a vote here? Yeah, I was gonna go with sung well. I prefer Oh, holy night. Mm, so good. Wow. Okay, Maureen. I guess your vote my vote doesn't, doesn't even, matter. even matter. But I'm gonna go ahead and throw my vote out there. I'm gonna vote for Silent Night to give it a little love, and also because while. Oh, Holy Night does better on solo voices that are exceptional. I think Silent Night has some beautiful, like, four-part harmony arrangements. I, I do agree I with like that. that. Yeah. yeah. So I will vote Silent Night, even though So we're all locked in. No one wants to change their vote? Nope. No. Wow. Okay, so we have an upset in the very first matchup. Silent Night goes down in the round of 16. I'm shocked, to be honest. I thought Josh, Silent Night was going to go gonna all ask. the way to the final. I have a method- methodological question for you. How did you okay. decide on the seating for these? You know, for for some of them, I tried to pick what was statistically the most popular. So when we get to the modern region, you'll you'll sort of see what I did there. And I don't want to I don't want to give away what's in that region yet. But um, and but but for the ones that are like more religious or classic, I just tried to go with what I thought would be number one. So sorry. I was like, I guess I'll just choose. So major upset for Josh, everybody. Major yeah. upset for Josh. <laughs> all right. All right. No, you, you didn't you didn't try to prepare a bracket. Honey, you're here. the host. You make the rules. Just hey, I, I have one quick question. I have this memory. It's not even super clear, but I have this memory from being a kid watching this movie about the authorship of Silent Night and the author was a apparently anonymous. I mean you just you just said something different, Josh, which is probably correct, but I think the premise of this movie was that the author was anonymous, and so it was like a fun kids spin on this. And the author was a nanny mouse, and so there was like a mouse who was the author of Silent <laughs> Night. Does that sound at all familiar to anybody? No, no. Okay. It sounds absolutely like you may have made that up. <laughs> Dreamed it. Okay, good. It's probably probably what happened. What I will say about that though is I did pull most of my information from the most accurate source on the on the web, which is Wikipedia. So it very well could be wrong. It could is, be yeah. wrong. Um, Although I will say Wikipedia has citations nowadays. So right. So it's infallible, actually. <laughs> okay, not infallible, but <laughs> but but better than it used to be. All right, so we have Oh Holy Night moving on to face the winner of our next matchup, which is our number two seed, Joy to the World, and our number three seed, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. 
The lyrics to Joy to the World were written in 1719, and it's unclear, based on Wikipedia, when the music that we know today was composed, but it does appear to be sometime in the mid-1800s. lyrics to Hark the Herald Angels Sing were written in 1739, and the music was composed in the 1800s. Dark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. And fun fact for you guys. The original opening line, written in 1739, was Hark how all the welkin rings, but was changed in 1758 because the first one said welkin rings, and who knows what that means. I was going to say, I don't know what that means. I was going to say, I prefer it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Hark how all the welkin rings. It just just sort of rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It definitely does. I looked it up, and it, it, it does. Welkin rings means to revel loudly. So I think it's like a celebratory huh. term, but hark the herald very, like, angels sing. Otherworldly to me. Like, it does. It like sounds like Lord of the like, Rings. Yeah. Yeah. The Hobbit. Yeah, definitely. So I'm glad they changed it. Sally, let me throw you, this one to you first. Do you have any initial thoughts on this matchup? Oh, yes. I'm ready. Um, so I like singing both of these. I think it's they're both enjoyable to sing, but I love Joy to the World. And I was just thinking through the lines again as we were getting ready to vote on this one. And I love how it talks about preparing room for Jesus. And that is actually what our podcast that you so kindly promoted was all about last week. So I definitely choose Joy to the World. Maureen, how about you? I think I'm leaning towards Joy to the World also. I think when you're in church singing these songs, everyone sounds better on Joy to the World. Whereas (laughs) a lot of people maybe think they sound great on Hark the Herald Angels Sing, but just sing a little softer. Hark, how all the welkin rings. Okay, there you go. So I'm I'm going Joy to the World as well. All right, well, that settles it. But Zach, oh, I have to man. throw it to you. Were you going to go with Hark the Herald Angels Sing? I was. Really? Wow. I was. Wow. I, I do like Joy to the World and the lyrics. The lyrics are good, but the lyrics are not great. <laughs> really? And just just listen to this. Okay. So first of all, I mean, it'd be amazing if we were talking about the Welkin Rings, but even <laughs> even if we're not doing that, I mean, Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, late in time, behold him come, offspring of the favored one, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. I mean, this is, that, that is pretty, really epic, good. Yeah. pretty epic stuff there. Yeah, I'm, that is good. I'm a big fan of Hark the Herald, Angels Sing, slash Hark the, the Welkin Rings. <laughs> did, did Zach change anybody's mind, Maureen? No. no Sally? They are beautiful words, but if you don't have them in front of you, you kind of get like every fifth word and it just muddles it. That, that is, is a good point. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Sally, yeah. did, he, did he change your mind at all? He did not change my mind, though I do like that song. But, but I think just, just to, I mean, it sort of, I guess, enhances Maureen's point. Joy to the World has such a powerful opening few, few notes, that opening mm-hmm. motif, and 
I think when most people sing it, they just sing "Joy to the World." Blah blah blah. blah yeah, yeah, you right, know, right. But, but but they nail that opening part, and sometimes that's all you need. That's true. Okay, so we're gonna move "Joy to the World" on to our Elite Eight matchup with Silent Night. So let's just go straight there, Maureen. Wait, with initial. Silent Night I'm sorry. Or Holy I'm Night? sorry. I'm sorry. I was. Wow, I, I had Silent the Night on the brain. Time Someone's that you said fixed that, Josh. this already. <laughs> <laughs> I had Silent Night on the brain because I wanted it to move on. I thought it was gonna reach the finals. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to move Joy to the World on to face Oh Holy Night. So we have the number two seed Joy to the World and the number four seed Oh Holy Night. Maureen, initial thoughts. You don't have to vote quite yet. We'll, we'll save I the mean, voting. I mean, I can't just... not vote. This is like a clear slam dunk. It, wow. Clear slam dunk. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the Knights. So I go Oh Holy Night, even though it wasn't even my my pick from that round. But I think that... If I'm thinking of like one religious song, I mean, like picturing Mary and her baby, like that to me is just it. Well, it is interesting because you've chosen one song that is very quiet and, ref- and you know, you reflect on it, the Oh Holy Night. And then you have the other one, which is a very joyous, outgoing song. So you really have picked two that are that are very different. Zach, what do you think about this? I agree with Maureen. Oh, holy Whoa. night. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we have a number four seed in the final four. Sally, are you okay with that? I actually was going to say hands down, Oh Holy Night. Wow. I'm, it's a I'm, shut out. I'm shocked because <laughs> I really thought if Silent Night's not not going to move on, Joy to the World, surely we'll move on. This is okay. like, are you having are you having flashbacks, Josh, to uh, the UMBC retrievers knocking off the calves? Yeah. Let's not bring that up on this podcast, Zach. How dare you? This is supposed I mean, to be a celebratory season. By the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees. Fall on your knees. Yeah. Before your king. That is, yeah, that's a winner. It's good. Okay. So and, and holy I think night. most people know the first verse of that, but the second and third verses are maybe even better. Now, is this is this a song that gets sung a lot? I, I'm trying to think back. I, you know, Joy to the World, obviously, when you go to church, it's it's usually like the last thing you hear when you're leaving, like the recessional song in most, at least the Catholic church that we go to. I would imagine in, in most Christian churches, is Oh Holy Night something that's sung during services no. or, or during I don't Mass? Think so. I think no. because of what we've already said. I think if you tried to have a congregation sing this, you would just disturb people. <laughs> So we actually have what they were hearing. The church where we were married, which we may go to this year for Christmas Eve mass, they always do, and they are on a college campus. So they always do. They have one college student, one female college student, dressed as Mary in like a blue kind of robish dress with you know her head covered, and she carries like a less than a month old baby. And she walks down the aisle of church and she sings this song. And wow. it is, I mean, I swear I wow. cry every every year that I've seen it. We, we always used to go to that mass as a family because we all loved that song, like that moment of it so much. And of course, it was also this very beautiful, like solo moment for like a, a young college kid, which was also really cool in its own right. So that's the only time I've ever seen it done. Well, that's very cool, Maureen, but I will say I just Googled blue robish dress and <laughs> it said, did you mean blue rubbish dress? No, so, I meant so more I, like, you know, like a, like a, like a frock. I don't know. Like what you see Marion in pictures. Okay? I heard the same thing, Josh. I was like, what is a robish dress? <laughs> I, I was like, I look, I don't know much about dresses, but robe-ish. Okay, no, everyone. I, t- I was there with you the whole way. I totally, I had the image in my mind. Okay. So we are going to save... Oh Holy Night for its matchup with 
the next region, which is the Classics region. Our first matchup is between the number one seed in the region, and this was done because this truly is one of the most popular Christmas songs of all time, and that is White Christmas, versus the number four seed in the region, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. White Christmas was written in 1942 by Irving Berlin, and the most famous version was sung by Bing Crosby, and that version is the best-selling single of all time in the whole world. Of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas was written in 1943 by someone named Hugh Martin and Ralph Blaine. Have yourself a merry little Christmas Let your heart be Next year all our troubles will be out of sight. We're going to have to throw this to you first because I know that White Christmas the movie is your favorite Christmas movie. Yes. So what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick White Christmas the song. <laughs> but that's also because I just, I it's very nostalgic to me. I like the messaging of it. Dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones you used to know. Like it has nostalgia baked in. Also, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is lovely when I hear it. But maybe those are the only words I know. That's a good point. Sally, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely choose White Christmas as well. I have some strong opinions in this classics category. So just to... Just to preface my comments with that. I can't um, wait to hear what Zach says about the animated ones. <laughs> <laughs> the Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is one of the most vapid Christmas songs ever written, I think. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. I am looking at the words and it's just kind of blah. Next year, yeah. all our troubles will be out of sight. Yeah. Really? What? Are you sure? <laughs> I don't think that's Next how Next year, all works. our troubles will be miles away. Mm, maybe not. Zach and Sally are going to write a song that's going to say, troubles are always just try to Stay strong through it because they're never going away, everyone. Merry Christmas. (laughs) I mean, we're Catholic, so. (laughs) It's true. All right, so we're clearly moving on White Christmas. No problem there. That is the number one seed, so that's not entirely surprising. The favorite The favorite moves on. All right, our second matchup is between the number two seed in the region, Jingle Bells, and the number three seed, Deck the Halls. Jingle Bells is a true classic with lyrics written in the mid-1800s by a very hoity-toity sounding guy named James Lord Pierpont, and the simple melody was composed no later than the end of the 19th century, though it's not clear who came up with the final melody that we know today. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Deck the Halls was written by Scottish musician Thomas Oliphant in 1862. Deck the halls with boughs of holly, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Tis the season to be jolly, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Don we now our gay apparel, fa la 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 Zach, you said you had strong opinions. Oh, I do. Let's hear your opinions about this matchup here. Okay, so both of these songs are terrible, but... Uh, <laughs> what? Oh my They're gosh. so fun. <laughs> but Jingle Bells is less terrible. However, I will say that whenever I hear Jingle Bells, 
I have going through my head again from my childhood. I guess I just have vivid memories from my childhood of things relating to Christmas songs, but I have the uh, the riff. Maybe this is maybe this is unique to me. Jingle here. Bell Rock? No, 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 no. Oh. The Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin oh, yeah. laid an egg. Oh yep. dear. Batmobile, Lost a Wheel, and oh, Joker no. Dance Ballet. Hey. No, that makes it better. No, <laughs> no. It's just it's just what I think about. <laughs> and you still choose it. As well, your I do choice. because I cannot in good conscience, advance a song that has as a main part of its lyrics, fa la 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 la. <laughs> and now, that is Do you think when they were writing that, do you think when, <laughs> when, when Thomas Oliphant wrote that, he was like, I got nothing. Yes. I got nothing. <laughs> He's like, okay, let's so. see. Deck the, ba- deck the halls with boughs of holly. See, oh. if, if every other line is fa la la la, then that's 50% of the lines <laughs> I don't have to write. Exactly. <laughs> fa la la. And la, even with la, that, la, la, la. I choose Deck the Halls. What? I love wow. that song. It is fun to sing. Why do you like and that song? it plays prominently <laughs> into one of the best Christmas movies of all time, which is Little Women. And oh. yes, that is a Christmas movie because it, Christmas happens like four times throughout the movie. <laughs> I thought you were going to wow. say you've got mail. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not talking about you've got mail this year. All right, Maureen. Well, this is the first time that we're going to have to have a tiebreaker here. So I'm ready. She's I ready. Feel strongly. So tell me your thoughts on Jingle Bells versus Deck the Halls. Well, first... I don't know about Little Women as a Christmas movie, though Christmas does happen in that movie. Oh, I'll give you that. Again. But the, I'm sure you're going to love the new version that's coming out. Oh, I can't wait. I know. Oh, you weren't talking to me? No. Okay. Well, I can't wait either. Um, I have to say Deck the Halls, hands oh, down. Oh, my gosh. Jingle Bells is annoying. Jingle Bells is annoying. And and I just think people sing it wrong. And here's what I will have to say. I have a new love for Deck the Halls this year because – our two-year-old son heard it on like one of the Christmas mixes I was playing and was like, I mean, immediately, mommy, what is that song? Can we listen to it again? We were listening to the Nat King Cole version. We had to look up who was singing it. He only likes that version. That's adorable. To your point, he likes it because he can sing it. So I will sing Deck the Halls with Bows of Holly and Caleb sings, and like every, you know, every time he knows, he knows quote unquote, the words and so that's been really cute so i think that there is something to be said for like really easy lyrics that like anyone can just pipe in with and feel confident all right i'm, I'm happy with giving caleb this win then Aww. It's I, really I will cute. also say the one thing i forgot to mention with jingle bells it's not actually a christmas song it's a winter oh. song mm. okay that's fair yeah christmas is never mentioned in it it's just mm. about going through the snow interesting all right well based on the the debate about Deck the Halls, I have a sense that it's not going to advance past White Christmas, but <laughs> it will face White Christmas in the Elite Eight. Maureen? Yeah, I go White Christmas. Sally? White Christmas. Zach? Fa la 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 la. <laughs> Definitely White Christmas. <laughs> White Christmas will face off against Oh Holy Night in the final four. But before we get to that, we're going to move over to our other regions on the other side of the bracket. We have animated classics, and then we'll go to modern songs. So let's start with animated classics. The first matchup is between the number one seed, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, versus the number four seed, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. Rudolph was written by songwriter Johnny Marks in 1939 and performed most popularly by Gene Autry. The other version is by Burl Ives, which is the one that accompanies the animated movie. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose and if you ever saw it you would even say it glows 
all of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer game. You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, was written by Dr. Seuss, the lyrics were, and the music was composed by Albert Haig. The song was performed by Thurl Ravenscroft. What a name. What a name. And it was created for the 1966 movie. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. So, Zach, let me throw this one to you first. Do you have any strong feelings about our animated classics region? Oh, you know I've got all kinds of strong feelings about <laughs> all kinds of things, Josh. I, I, I would say that my favorite, well, maybe I shouldn't say my favorite because I that would give away the game as to which one I like of all of these the most. But if we're talking about Rudolph versus the Grinch, can we start there? Sure. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, adorable. I have lots of good memories of the claymation version of Rudolph. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's that right. was that was great. The so little Rudolph good. and his, he like takes his, you know, he, he they cover up his nose with mud and he takes it off and his so nose cute. is shiny. And I love that one. I love that movie. That's great. But. Oh, no. <laughs> but I really like your mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yeah. It's really good. It's so good. And I think the, so the Rudolph lyrics, I mean, I'm, I'm about to criticize a kid's song for being kind of derivative and basic but the the, <laughs> the lyrics for rudolph red-nosed reindeer are are a bit derivative and basic whereas <laughs> the grinch i mean let me just read you some uh <laughs> some excerpts your soul is an appalling dump heap overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable mangled up and tangled up knots <laughs> i think you mean robish <laughs> <laughs> You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. I mean, that's a great opening. And then it's later that we get to the fantastic stuff that I already mentioned. Splotched with moldy purple spots, Mr. Grinch. I mean, this is great for for children learning vocabulary. <laughs> it's multi-purpose. <laughs> Their brains are developing. This is definitely my favorite. I, I also just like, I like the story of the Grinch more than the story of Rudolph. The one thing I'll say about these songs is that you know, you you think about the lyrics, which I think when you hear them out loud, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch has superior lyrics, like it, it was more smartly constructed. But I think you also have to think about which one do you enjoy listening to more? Maureen, what do you think about this? That's a really interesting way of thinking about it. So this is a tough one for me. Uh, neither song is perfect in my mind. So the Grinch, I, I totally agree with you, Zach. It's smart. It's funny. I love hearing it about two times during the Christmas season. <laughs> and any other time I'm like, nah, and I like change the radio station. With Rudolph, uh, I don't love the song. I actually think it's, as a parent, I think it's hard. And we've watched the Claymation one recently with Caleb. And it's a lot, there's a lot about like covering up who you are and like bullying. And then, uh, so, and they resolve a lot of it. But in the song, like, you know, my favorite phrase to use is like they're not having good behavior right now you know so like when they aren't letting him play the games Caleb's like why not mommy I'm like well they're just not having good behavior so I mean obviously once you get to be an older kid and you can understand these things it doesn't apply as much but for the parent of a toddler I I guess that's where my brain is this year 
That being said, I think I have a lot of fun memories of singing Rudolph as a kid. And Zach, you talked about your Batman rendition of Jingle Bells. I used to love screaming like with my brother, like the catchphrases after Rudolph, like his nose would light up like a light bulb. They wouldn't let him play reindeer games like Monopoly. Yep, I remember um, that too. Is that canon? Is that canon lyrics? Who who made that up? I don't know, question. but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We all we used to sing it. And yeah, so that same. to me, I, I think again I'm voting based on accessibility here, and I vote Rudolph. So Maureen has voted with her heart. Zach has voted with his mind. Sally, you are going to be the tiebreaker here. And vote with your husband. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the nostalgia factor, definitely Rudolph. The, I guess, the messaging within the song, I like Rudolph better than the Grinch. Wait, wait, hold on. You like the messaging (laughs) of the Rudolph song? Yeah, because he's bullied, but then he gets promoted. So you would rather have children believe that reindeer fly than that it's bad to be mean at Christmas time? Uh, it doesn't say it's bad to be mean. It actually sound, it makes it sound fun. Oh, let me see. And it doesn't even talk about Christmas. But the the <laughs> overall story that it's a part of, I like the Grinch better because I like how the Grinch transforms. That's awesome. But listening-wise, I would prefer Rudolph. I do not like listening to the Grinch song. But anyways, Rudolph wins. Wow, what? Rudolph. Sorry, Zach. What? <laughs> Zach is beside himself. I, th- th- you sound almost as sad as as you did when Deck the Halls made it through. So this is. I have. I just have one comment for Sally. You're a crooked jerky jockey, and you drive a crooked <laughs> hoss. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the the guy who sings the "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch," Thurl Ravenscroft. Not only it's does so he have good. an amazing name, his voice is it's amazing. It's pretty great. Do you think so, that's a real name? That ca- that has to be a, a perform a stage name, right? How would you? How do you even come up with Thurl Ravenscroft as a stage name? It's I like think he, we he, need to bring he, Thurl back. I, I mean, think he probably just happen. pointed at an alphabet and was like T H U R L Thurl. Thurl yeah. it is. Also Ravenscroft. <laughs> All right, so it looks like Rudolph is going to move on to the Elite Eight, and it will face the winner of our second matchup in this region, and that is between Frosty the Snowman, which is our number two seed, and the number three seed, Santa Claus, is coming to town. Frosty was written by Walter Jack Rollins and Steve Nelson, and first recorded by Gene Autry and the Cass County Boys in 1950. Frosty the Snowman was a jolly happy soul With a corncob pipe and a button nose And his eyes made out of coal Frosty the snowman made the children laugh and play And were they surprised when before their eyes he came to life that day Let me just say, Gene Autry, he was on a roll. He recorded Rudolph and then he did Frosty the Snowman. Wow. And then Santa Claus is Coming to Town was written by John Frederick Coots and Haven Gillespie and was first sung on Eddie Cantor's radio show in November 1934. The 1970 movie was based on the song. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Sally, let me throw this one to you. Do you have any strong feelings about Frosty the Snowman versus Santa Claus is coming to town? Uh, well, yeah, I think I do. I have strong 
memories of watching the Frost of the Snowman movie. And so on the aspect of nostalgia, I definitely choose that one. But then even just re-looking at the words for Santa Claus is Coming to Town, it kind of encapsulates what I dislike about the the popular definition of Santa Claus these days and or like the cultural adaptation of what Santa Claus has become that you better watch out. You better not cry because Santa Claus is coming to town. He's checking out who's naughty or nice and you should be good for goodness sake (laughs) for, for the sake of what should you be good? Nothing really just for goodness sake, you should be good. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty clear that Santa Claus is and was It's like the most vapid form of Santa Claus possible. Well, just a device used by parents to help kids behavior be good in the month of December, (laughs) which is so sad because that's not what he comes from. So yeah, I definitely choose Frosty. Can I just say about Frosty? We we also recently rewatched the movie. Frosty as a character does not look like a snowman. He looks like <laughs> the Michelin Man. Yeah, he is a totally Michelin Man. He's one hundred percent Michelin That's right, Man. I think we watched that last year. Yeah, it's so strange. Did. Like you know, a snowman is three balls stacked on top of one another. <laughs> Frosty the Snowman has limbs. It's very strange. <laughs> All right, Maureen, do you have any strong feelings about? Frosty versus Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, I mean, both of these are pretty innocuous to me. I don't have super strong feelings either way. I think Frosty is just very good-natured and fun, and so I'm going to vote Frosty. Also, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Those lyrics are creepy. A little creepy. Like, yeah. They're creepy. They're yes. creepy. And Frosty, um, he is a jolly, happy soul. He is. That's I will it say... It's not quite also... as creepy as I saw Mommy kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, that didn't make the list. That terrifying. didn't make the list. <laughs> I think that... I will just say when we watch this with Caleb, it also brings up a great opportunity to teach your children about water and its many properties of freezing and melting and free freezing. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to go oh, there. We, ha- we, have, we still have well, again, many conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Caleb did yeah. not understand why he turns into a puddle. Why is she sad? <laughs> why did he melt? Yeah, we've been we've been learning a lot about ice and its properties lately. Yeah. So. One time I tried to edit the Wikipedia page for properties of water. You know, it's gas liquid and solid i tried to add slurpy or slushy but it got removed right away so that's just a little fun fact about my wikipedia editing <laughs> days funny. all right so it looks like frosty will move on but but zach I, i'd be remiss if i didn't give you an opportunity to weigh in on this one here what do you think i go with frosty and nice. uh yeah i don't i mean i just don't like santa claus is coming to town that much it's just i don't know kind of lame uh, Frosty is endearing, and I agree with Maureen that the character of Frosty, I mean, he's a jolly, happy soul. That's, that's wonderful. And, uh, I mean, the, the idea of snowmen having souls is a little bit suspect, but <laughs> in a generic sense, a jolly, happy soul. Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Josh, did you say that it was based on the movie? No, the, the movie was based on the song. The movie was based on the song. Got and it. actually, all of these songs existed before the movies, except for The Grinch, which was written specifically for the movie mm, right interesting yeah so okay well then we had a clean sweep frosty will move on to face rudolph is that right i don't want to misspeak again that is uh that is sadly correct it will not face <laughs> the grinch all right well let me throw it to you maureen frosty versus rudolph in our elite eight matchup who do you have what are your thoughts i'm picking frosty wow it's nicer rudolph wow. has all that like sadness at the beginning and the bullying and I don't know. Frosty's just like leading through the streets of town no matter what. He'll be back again next year. Frosty's very upbeat. I'm into Frosty. Okay. Zach, what about you? You you seem to have a reaction to Maureen's pick of Frosty moving on to the final four. What do you think? Well, I was just surprised given Maureen's comments. I thought she'd be a little more a little more pro Rudolph. I mean, I didn't know we were we were into hating baby deer now, but uh, <laughs> I you know so you know how in sports playoffs when a team 
beats your team and advances, and then you have to root for the team that beat your team. Oh, definitely. Just so, just so you can say, like, well, we were beaten by the champion. For that reason and that reason alone, I'm going to go Rudolph over Frosty. All right, so we have a tie, and we're going to throw it over to Sally. Sally, you got to be our tiebreaker again. Rudolph or Frosty to move on to the final four. Yeah, I still like how Rudolph is bullied. And then Santa Claus says, hey, you're different. And look at this special thing that you can do with your difference. And let me show that to the world. And you get to lead the way. So I think that's cool. So you're picking Rudolph. I am. So isn't there another way to read the Rudolph story, though? And it's like child labor. (laughs) I mean, he's not that uh, little. It's one he's of not no, a no. child. So he just has the no. complex, you guys. He's like every other young adult, like hero or heroine. Only the teenager can save the world. That's, That's all right. I need yeah, to know. Exactly. I would like to point out that when Sally was giving her opinion of which one she thought should move on, she started out by saying, "You know, Rudolph is bullied, and Zach's ill-timed." Yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. That, in retrospect, that was very ill-timed. As he was, I, I got what you were doing, which is you were excited that Rudolph was going to move on. It was just funny when your yes came in, was interjected there. Well, I timed that one poorly. All right. So we have our final four participant in the animated classics region. It will be Rudolph. They will face the winner of the modern region. And we'll move there now. Our first matchup is the number one seed, all I want for Christmas is you versus the number four seed believe all I want for Christmas is you was written and performed by Mariah Carey and came out in fact for you guys it's the 12th biggest single of all time it is the biggest christmas song by a woman and has netted her an estimated 60 million dollars in royalties from that one song song alone that's amazing believe has words and music written by glenn ballard and alan silvestri and the song was performed by josh groban children sleeping snow is softly Dreams are calling Like bells in the distance It was written and performed for the Polar Express film, which is a creepy film, if you've never seen it. They didn't quite get the the uh, the animation of a human face at the time. Yeah, it's like the uh, what, what's that term? The uncanny valley. Yes, it's very strange. If you if you especially if you go back and watch it now, but the the song did win a Grammy and it was nominated for an Oscar for best original song. So Maureen, I'm going to throw this one to you first. I already know a little bit how you feel about this Josh Groban song because I'm when scowling I... so hard right now. I don't even when you just announced this, I didn't even remember what Believe was. I was like, why is this in here? This isn't a real Christmas song. I mean, I I told Josh when he was making this bracket that I was like, I don't think 
why don't what is that song? I don't know what that is. It shouldn't be in here. There's so many others to choose from. But he felt strongly and he is the impartial host. So he gets to decide. But I'm going hardcore. All I want for Christmas is you. And I will say my favorite version is the one from Love Actually, which is adorable. Yes. So cute. I will say that there are not a ton. So my criteria for a modern day Christmas song was one that was not a recording of a classic song by someone modern. It was a song that was created and is now like recognized as a Christmas song. So there aren't as many as you would think, at yeah. least in my research. That haven't so, been re-recorded. That right. makes sense. So in, in, initially I had a Michael Buble version of a classic song, but Maureen correctly pointed out that I should try to find songs that were, you know, written by relatively modern day artists that are now Christmas songs or or at least primarily known as Christmas songs. All right, Zach, do you have any strong feelings about All I Want for Christmas is You versus Believe? I mean, my strong feeling is that Mariah Carey singing All I Want for Christmas is You is awesome. So <laughs> that one definitely wins for me. I was going to ask you, I was. I appreciate your history of Believe. I was going to ask before you gave all that if this could have been in the animated classics. Because if it was written for the movie, I think it yeah, could have been, right? That's a good point. Uh, it definitely could have been if we'd had more options for there. There might have been one or two more that I could have thrown in the modern category, but I don't know what would you have left out of the. I guess you would have left out Rudolph. <laughs> uh, no, I probably would have left out Santa Claus is coming to town. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right, Sally. Well, it, it looks like all I want for Christmas is you is moving on. But do you have any opinions about either of these songs? No, I think they've been said. Uh, I'll just yeah reiterate that I think. The All I Want for Christmas is You song is awesome, especially in Love Actually. And <laughs> Believe is super dumb. Uh, believe in what your heart is saying. Believe in what you feel inside. Great. If okay, I, did that, I think that'll be the quote for the podcast. Would, believe is yeah. super dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and if I could choose an extra modern song, I would have chosen Celine Dion Christmas Eve. Oh, interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Next year, if we do, if we do music again, we'll be sure to include Celine Dion on our list. All right, so All I Want for Christmas is You will move on and it will face the winner of our second matchup in this region, which is the number two seed Last Christmas versus That's Christmas to Me. Last Christmas is a song by English pop duo Wham! released in December 1984. It was written and produced by George Michael and has been covered by many artists since its original release. so popular that it was the basis for a film of the same name that came out earlier this year that got pretty terrible reviews. So I have not seen it, but I've read a lot about it. That's Christmas to Me is an original song by acapella group Pentatonix, came out in 2015. The fireplace is burning bright, shining all on me. I see the presents underneath the good old Christmas tree. And we don't like till Santa comes to wake me from my dreams, oh I, cause that's Christmas to me. I see the children play outside like angels in the snow, while mom and daddy share a kiss under the mistletoe. And we'll cherish all these simple things wherever we may be, oh I. That's Christmas to me. Zach, let me throw this one to you first. Do you have any strong opinions here? 
I love pentatonics. That's one strong opinion. Another strong opinion, though, is that this is not their best work. I mean, it's it's flawlessly executed, musically speaking. I will also add here, just to just to give the pentatonics an honorable mention, that they do a version of my favorite Christmas song, which is not on this list, Mary Did You Know? Mm, and it is yeah. hauntingly beautiful. And I, I uh, around this time of year, I will often just play it on repeat. But Last Christmas, especially the Wham version, very fun. I enjoyed that one a lot. So I will select that one to advance. Maureen, how about you? Totally agree with Zach. Definitely Last Christmas. I would like to give a shout out to potential modern songs for future consideration. Oh Amy Grant's Christmas album. Um, Did she sing anything oh, yes. original? Grown Up Christmas List. Okay. Totally. I, I don't know if she wrote Breath of Heaven, but Breath of Heaven is one of my favorite Christmas songs. Which was Maureen, where were you when I was preparing this list? We well, could have had Amy Grant on here. Well, yeah, but that one would definitely think fall in the religious category. But anyway, her Christmas album, I love it. Check it out. Well, the one yeah, song we that, I, with that. that I didn't include here, which is my second favorite Christmas song of all time, which is a modern song, is called Christmas Shoes. No. <laughs> oh, joking. Yeah. New song? I'm joking. Sir, I want to buy these shoes. <laughs> From, From my mama, mama please. <laughs> oh. Okay, the, the song is extremely sad. Sally, if it's you've heartbreaking. Never, if you've never heard it. It, it is and depressingly sad. It's depressingly sad. It did not make the list for that reason alone. It's so sad. And it's one of those th- It's one of those songs that was clearly written. Like the guy was writing it and he was like, this is going to make people cry. Why doesn't this she is going to be shoes? a tearjerker. Yeah. Why doesn't she have shoes? I don't know. Very sad. All right. So it looks like that. Uh, it looks like the pentatonic song, That's Christmas to Me, will not move forward. You know, Last Christmas is, is a classic at this point, even though technically... 1984. Yeah, it's modern enough. Sally, did you have any particular opinions about this matchup before we move on? Definitely Last Christmas. The music video is hilarious. The song is hilarious. And yeah, my sisters and I used to make fun of it. But also, <laughs> I was wondering, modern, would Felice Navidad count? When was that? <laughs> it's a horrible was that, modern song. Was I just looked it up. 1970. Was wow, it really? Okay. Yeah, oh my it's not so funny. But yeah, that's just interesting. Like the most repetitive, hilarious Christmas song ever. It's yeah. great. Yeah, that's what you mean. I know it just bu- annoys people so also, much. Also, what so is that? Sing. That really annoying Paul McCartney Christmas song that they play on the radio like over and over again. I'm gonna have to look it up. I have no Ooh, idea. I don't know. I mean, I like the song um, that that guy does in Love Actually. I feel it in my fingers. Oh, yeah. I feel it in my toes. <laughs> Talk about creepy. <laughs> All right, so you know, as we do our you know sort of in memoriam of Pentatonic, since they won't move on, I will say that they they do mostly covers and i do applaud them for trying to do an original christmas song but as zach said their covers of classic songs are really really good and i think that's those their christmas albums are the ones that i have on repeat most of the time as i listen to christmas songs so if you haven't heard them i would definitely recommend them all right so we have our elite eight matchup in the modern region this is a this is a tough one i think I mean, what do I know? I would have advanced Silent Night all the way to the final. So <laughs> clearly I'm worthless. <laughs> so we have All I Want for Christmas is You versus Last Christmas. Zach, let me throw it to you first. What do you think? I'm on the Mariah Carey bandwagon all the way. All I Want for Christmas is You. Sally, how about you? Yeah, All I Want for Christmas is You. It's so great. Yeah, this is kind of like a runaway train, I think. So it'll be interesting to see. I have a feeling it's going to crush Rudolph, but you know, it's going to, it's going to run Rudolph, well, uh, run, run Rudolph over. Uh, Maureen, do you have any thoughts about this match? Are you going to go with last Christmas? No, definitely not. You gave me a look. That... <laughs> no, I was just going to say like, all I want for Christmas is you is one of the best songs to like put on and just dance to. Yeah, like, it's true. That sure. one is so fun. So yeah, the end it is going to crush Rudolph. I have a feeling. <laughs> 
All right, should we just do that matchup first? We're in our final four. Let me just recap who we have here in our final four. Out of the religious sacred region, we have Oh Holy Night. Out of the classics region, we have White Christmas. Out of the animated classics region, we have Rudolph. And out of the modern region, we have All I Want for Christmas is You. Let's just stick on the right side of the bracket here since we just wrapped that one up. We have Rudolph versus All I Want for Christmas is You. Maureen, kick us off here. All I want for Christmas is you. Wow, not even a discussion here. We don't need to. I already said everything I need to say. Now, Zach, I'm interested to see, hear what you say because Rudolph did beat the Grinch. So are you going to keep on your 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 goal of advancing the song that beat your favorite? I, I will not because I will here acknowledge <laughs> that even if the Grinch had advanced as far as Rudolph, I would still say that All I Want for Christmas is You is a better Christmas song. <laughs> okay. Thank and you. Sa- and Sally, you agree as well that... that all I want for Christmas is you should make it to the finals. I do indeed. I mean, I can't I can't in good faith say that the Grinch should advance to the, <laughs> the finals. Good. Who knows? You're though? a mean you one, Mr. Grinch. It's the greatest hill. song of all time. One of the two best Christmas songs of all time, <laughs> The Grinch. <laughs> if you're just tuning in at this moment in the podcast and you hear Zach say that, that would be hilarious. <laughs> all right. So we have in our other, on the left side of the bracket, we have Oh Holy Night versus White Christmas. I think this one is going to yeah, be our, our toughest battle yet. Maybe even if, if the bracket had been in constructed differently and that would be my fault they could have matched up in the finals here but alas they you know it is a great final four matchup sally i'm going to throw this one to you first oh holy night versus white christmas what are you going to go with here i do love white christmas but oh holy night definitely has to win as a christmas song okay maureen i love both of them i'm going white christmas because because of what we said earlier Oh, Holy Night, sung by the right person, amazing. Oh, Holy Night, sung by anyone else, horrifying. So (laughs) I'm saying White Christmas. It's a classic. It's, again, I think I vote with accessibility. And nostalgia. And nostalgia, for sure. My mom has, like, old sheet music. She can play this on the piano. I think it was, like, my grandmother's sheet music. So I say White Christmas for the, the sheer, like, classic christmas factor all right zach it is up to you to break the tie here to see who is going to face all i want for christmas is you in the finals this is tough this is very tough hopefully i won't crack under the pressure (laughs) on the one hand oh holy night as we've talked about is hauntingly beautiful when performed well as maureen pointed out on the other hand white christmas i mean the bing crosby version especially or when you're watching it in the movie. Oh, I mean, I just, cry. Just stunning, right? I mean, I, I tear up at the end of yeah. the movie White Christmas. Yeah, hear, for sure. You hear those those notes start. It's great. On the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> I won't drag this out. We're anymore. not judging movies. I will say, though, so I, I, will, um, I will select Oh Holy Night. It is very close, but I will say, as a caveat to my selection of Oh Holy Night, I am not selecting the more popular versions of it. So, I mean, Josh Groban's version is incredible. The the original lyrics to Oh Holy Night, though, are, are basically what I'm voting for because this is powerful, powerful stuff. And if done well, I take Maureen's point that it needs to be done well, but if done well, this is the Christmas song par excellence. All right, so we have our final matchup here, advancing out of the religious sacred region all the way to the finals, Oh Holy Night, the four seed in that region, which clearly I have misseeded. And out of the modern region, the one seed, all I want for Christmas is you. Maureen, I'm going to start with you here as we do our final matchup to determine the best Christmas song ever. What 
are you going to go with here? I'm going with Oh Holy Night, but my heart for like best and most beloved of my personal Christmas favorites are all classics or religious sacreds. So yeah, my heart is just with that side of the bracket. Plus, anybody before 1994, they didn't even have access. How sad, though. If you died yeah. in 1993. Oh, honey, no. Oh, sorry. I went a little too morbid. <laughs> oh, you never you're a mean one, that. Josh Goldman. <laughs> All right, Zach, let me throw this to you. What are you thinking for the final matchup here? I think I probably gave away the game with my last comment about how Oh Holy Night is the Christmas song par excellence because it is amazing. I just want to read to you the last couple stanzas. So I think most people know the stanzas that or the stanza that Sally already referenced, right? It has that that part where it reaches the pinnacle, goes up to the high notes, fall on your knees, or hear the angel voices, or night divine. So that's that's pretty common. What's less commonly known are these words. This is the second and third stanzas. Led by the light of faith serenely beaming, with glowing hearts by his cradle we stand. The King of Kings lay thus in lowly manger in all our trials born to be our friend. He knows our need to our weaknesses no stranger. Behold your King before him lowly bend. Truly he taught us to love one another is life's love, and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all the better than that for christmas songs in my in my humble opinion sally i'm gonna guess that you agree with the choice she's going here. mariah carey <laughs> i mean all i want for christmas is you obviously that means jesus right <laughs> that's right <laughs> no oh holy night yeah i can't i can't top that the best christmas song ever goes to oh holy night the upset of upsets based on my seating <laughs> you know it it appears that uh, they have 
they have won out here and and taken the crown here. This is pretty exciting, and I'm I'm okay. You know, having not voted in this, I'm okay with this winner. I do like the song a lot, especially when there is a good version. I do think Silent Night could have you know advanced a little further, but it would have had to knock off a Holy Night. So I get it. I get it. And I think we have a good winner here. Guys, that was a lot of fun. That was. But, you know, Josh, you should be comforted because just like I was saying, you know, you, you root for the one that beat your song. And so that's true. There's 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 no logical reason why if Oh Holy Night was not in this bracket at all, Silent Night could have still taken the cake. That's it was true. the champion that beat it. All right, guys, before we wrap up for this week, I just want to say that next week I will have a special guest for the premiere topic to talk about the state of Star Wars in 2019. We're going to talk all about the movies that have been released, the new Disney Plus TV show, The Mandalorian. Maureen is like, thank goodness I'm not on this this part of the podcast. And then we're also going to look ahead to the new Star Wars movie coming out later this month, The Rise of Skywalker. That's episode nine. So I'm excited for that conversation. Before we wrap up here, I think it'd be fun to just go around and give some quick teasers uh, for our audience, things that they can check out if they're, you know, looking for something to do in the month of December to take their minds off of all the crazy Christmas stuff happening. So I will start this week and I'm going to go with a movie that I just saw that I really, really liked. It's called Knives Out. It was written and directed by Ryan Johnson. And it's just a really fun classic whodunit movie. I had a lot of fun watching it. It's really funny. It's set in 2019, but it feels very much like an Agatha Christie style story. So I'd recommend if you don't know anything about it, don't read about it. Just go see the movie. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. Maureen, do you have a teaser for this week? I sure do. I recommend that you check out the Backstreet Boys documentary on Amazon Prime. It is so good. And if you listened to any of the Backstreet Boys music, I mean, you'll love this. I had not previously like heard about it or seen it, but I stumbled upon it, watched it over the course of a few days, and I just really appreciated seeing them more as humans. I mean, I had my walls plastered with Backstreet Boys posters growing up, and I definitely like idolized them in different ways, and you kind of put these pop stars on a pedestal, and it was just really neat to kind of see where they came from and how they all started and it's very humbling to just realize that everyone is just a human and oftentimes just grown up little kids kind of carrying around that kind of stuff with them. So I don't know. I, I really liked it. Check it out. Please tell me that the documentary is called something named it after is, one of their songs. Like we've got it going on or. <laughs> no, it's one of their newer songs. I can't remember what it was. It should be Bummer. called I Want It That Way. If, if it were Hopefully it's not me. just called Drowning. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so Zach, you have been on the podcast before and given a teaser. I think your teaser a couple weeks ago when you joined me was for Disney Plus. And I, what is your teaser this week? Uh, well, first of all, we are now subscribers of Disney Plus, and uh, it's been it's been great for the kids. We get access to all the Pixar stuff and the classic Disney cartoons, more importantly. So it's been fun. Uh, this week, I would say, in keeping with my uh, my boosting of the Grinch song, there is the animated movie, The Grinch, that came out in November of last year. So 2018 is not a new movie, but it is, however, on Netflix. So for listeners who are Netflix subscribers, you can check that out. And this is uh, it has a pretty good cast, including Benedict Cumberbatch and Rashida Jones and Angela Lansbury. So this is, uh, this is a fun take on The Grinch that was recently recommended to me. And I will pass on that recommendation to you all. Very cool. Sally, close us out here with your teaser. Anything you want that you would recommend. Yeah. The movie Ford v. Ferrari. Wow. So good. Oh my goodness. Sally, no. Are you joking? <laughs> you loved it for real? 
Maureen, I know that you didn't want to go see it no. with Josh. And I don't know if that has happened yet, if Josh has seen it. Oh, Josh I saw, saw it. it. I saw yeah. it by myself. It was amazing. It's I mean, so you good. had me at Matt Damon and Christian Bale. Actually, you just had me at Matt Damon. But it was it was just so good. Like, the acting performances were incredible. It lived up to all expectations. Seeing it, it in the so theater, exciting. the racing scenes, It was amazing. so well done. I, yeah, I can't recommend it high, more highly. Wow, Maureen. I feel like you just voted for Believe. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen it, Maureen? No, just I Just because it's about racing? I don't care that it's about racing. I think this is one of Matt Damon's top five movies now. Yeah, and you know what? I don't, th- I mean, it is about racing, but it's also not about racing. It's I'm about a lot of other stuff, I'm going off of the too. previews, which look just silly. <laughs> so I no, believe don't you that the previews. Good. I didn't see any previews. I didn't even know it was, I mean, I knew it was about cars, but. Josh, that's your mistake. You should have just been like, hey, honey, want to see a movie with Matt Damon and Christian Bale? I probably would have said yes. Ah, oh, I messed up. <laughs> I will get her to see it at some point. I will, I will make it happen. But thank you. That's a great recommendation. I also recommend that as well. All right. Zach and Sally, thank you guys so much for jumping on the podcast with us this week. It's been a lot of fun, and let's do it again next year. Thanks so much, guys. This was a lot of fun. And if we don't talk to you before then, have a Merry Christmas. And until then, a blessed Advent. And thank you to all of our listeners. Again, we'll be back next week with a new episode, and we will talk to you then. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash poppedcast. We would love to hear from you. You can also reach us by emailing thepoppedcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe, rate, and review our show on your podcast app of choice so you don't miss an episode. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. I will give a hot tip to any parents out there that I've noticed with our child, which is if there are ever several versions of a song, for example, he likes songs from The Lion King, and we played him the you know, original movie version of the songs. Well, I also enjoy the musical version of the songs, but he will not have it. No, I'm like Caleb. I only like the cartoon. Okay, well, I don't think it's for the same reasons. <laughs> yes, because that's what I know. And if I hear anything different, I'm like, well, this isn't how it goes. Yeah, so if if there's ever a version of a song that you like, make sure you play that one first because you're hopefully your child will glob onto that and it's a very good point. only like that version.